Welcome all to the Umbrella Academy. Today in class, we'll be doing a little bit of group study. Everybody will be getting together and working with each other and uh, figuring out a project that I'm going to grade you very harshly on it. I'm Alex. Yeah, I'm Justin Owl, as always, in the back of the room, up to no good. But today, I take this seriously because monkeys in space are my, it's my area of interest. I hope to one day be that. (laughs) All right. Justin in space. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 5, I want to say, of Umbrella Academy. That's right. I want to say it. Thank you. It's something I wanted to say, and then I said it out loud. Wow. Uh, we are halfway through the second season here. We're making our way through it. Uh, and as mentioned, the band is finally getting back together this episode, which is very exciting. Now, requisite spoiler warning at the top here. If you haven't watched the episode, turn away because we're going to spoil it right off. But Turn away. Turn away. Just turn, turn your away. head away. But also probably take off your headphones. Yes. Because you, even it's if you an- turn your head... If your headphones are still on, you're still going to hear it. That's the thing about headphones is they're always in your ears. <laughs> they stuck there. Yeah. Apparently. The good ones are anyway. Yeah. Well, you, right. uh, my trick, I like to take like a little bit of crazy glue and put it on the tip of the headphones and then oh, I stick yeah. it in my ear. It's just yeah, creepy to hear you say crazy glue and the tip. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was the name of my funk band. Nice. Yeah, crazy glue in the tip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Let's get ready to fuck it up. We are crazy glue in the tip. Yeah, so we kick off uh, with a little bit of Pogo's origin story. Find out about him, uh, which is very exciting to see little baby Pogo. Move oh, over, man. baby Yoda. Who even cares? Baby Yoda, you yeah. suck. You're the second best baby in space right now. Baby Pogo, <laughs> way better. Uh, but that's not the bulk of the episode. The bulk of the episode, as mentioned, is kind of uh, the whole gang finally coalescing together. Uh, everybody is off on their separate or group missions, dealing with the ramifications of the things they've done in the previous episodes, including uh, Vanya and Sissy wake up together. They reach the opposite of a turning point here, I think, where things revert to normal, though not emotionally normal, which is mm. uh, kind of sad, as Carl comes back into town and oh, he just wants Carl. to have a nice time with his wife. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, the hand and the Lila finally kind of pull the lid off of what they've been doing here. We don't fully know what's been going on, but they certainly reveal themselves to five in a big fight scene. Uh, some stuff is going on there. But right in the middle of the episode, everybody reunites over at Marty's. Uh, they have a big reunion scene. They download each other on everything that's been going on with the apocalypse, with mm. messing up time. They start to break up a little bit, but still stay in groups to the point that Vanya, Klaus, and Allison have a really nice bonding sesh. They get drunk, uh, promise to have some tacos, but don't have some tacos, which is oh, very disappointing. Tacos. Weird. Weird they didn't very get to the weird. tacos. Very weird. Huge continuity error. Uh, yeah, but yeah. they do have a fun dance sequence in the hair salon, so that's nice. Uh, and on the other end, uh, the Handler and Lila tri- trick the Swedes and kill one of them. One of them is just a leg. Uh, that's where you get the title of the episode, Valhalla. There is a Viking funeral for the leg by the yeah. end of the episode. It's a beautiful Swedish cover of Hello by Adele plays in the background. Um, and uh, by the end, uh, we get Vanya, as mentioned, is confronting Sissy. Uh, Klaus goes to break up with his cult, maybe. And Allison is going to finally confess everything to Ray, while Luther and Diego get an invitation 
from Reginald Hargreaves, and that's where we pretty much leave everybody. Uh, yeah. So that's the broad overview there. Let's jump into this episode, and I actually want to start with the middle, if that's okay. Talk yes, about because we can skip over this Pogo stuff. No one well, on this podcast wants to we'll talk come about back. this. We'll come back. I want to no. talk about Pogo in a second, but I think like the meat of the episode, I just... I know. I, I just want to say we're going to get back. We're going to talk about Pogo. Pete. I was excited because I thought I was going to get a whole Pogo app. I thought the whole app mm-hmm. was going to be Pogo. I was super pumped. That was a little disappointing. Pete, let me just give you some advice. Go to the zoo. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. That's, also, that's like 24 hour Pogo. at the zoo. <laughs> I'd also mentioned uh, for those who don't know, Pete's one man funk band was called Pogo Pete. Pogo <laughs> oh, Pete. boy. My one man, no instruments, right? It was just mouth sounds. Yeah. Yeah, it was all <laughs> mouth harps. Pete's like the Bismarcky of this podcast. Oh, that boy. is, I've oh. always said that from the very beginning of this specific <laughs> podcast. That Pete's the Bismarcky. Oh, well, I want to talk about just the a friend, but he's not. <laughs> I want to talk about the middle first because most of the first season of Umbrella Academy was so much about. Everybody's back together. They hate each other. They immediately split apart. Like you get them in a room together and you can feel this tension of nobody wants to spend time to each other. They want to get out of that room as quickly as possible to the point, personally, I found of frustration versus here. Everybody reunites and granted they do break apart pretty quickly after that. So I, I could see how some viewers would look at it as the same sort of pattern. But it felt so different here and so satisfying to see everybody together. Uh, did you have the same feeling? And why do you think it worked here when it didn't necessarily work in the first season? I think Vanya is a huge part of that. Like Vanya is a lot more a part of the family now. And there isn't this huge separation and she doesn't mm. feel outed because she's kind of starting fresh with her mind wiped. Vanya was hilarious. <laughs> she was just chilling, and then Diego was giving her crap. I mean, the back and forth, it really felt like family dynamics. And the yeah. fact that Vanya can, she really is the linchpin, uh, I think, a lot of holding this family together. I think that Pete's hitting on it, uh, what I think as well, like they like each other. And last season, I think they, they yeah. didn't like each other. And this season, mm-hmm. they, they actively do. They're out of their comfort zones, um, everyone, uh, because they're lost in time. And the fact that they can come together, despite the circumstances, makes it just a much more pleasant experience. Even though like they are going after each other, and f- Five is sort of a bummer, and Diego's a sourpuss, they're still able to like have their old relationship. I think Klaus... It really keeps it light. He holds the family together. I think I think you're right, Pete. Vanya not being um, a problem and she, her being sort of on more equal footing now, yeah. I think makes for a better dynamic. But Klaus is the one that sort of shaves off the edges between all of them, I think. Well, yeah. I mean, also, I mean, while we're talking about kind of linchpins, like number five, like given that kind of passionate speech of like what's got to get gone, done and stuff like that, like he tries to be or, – but it's so horrible at it. It literally like drives Luther away. Like it's, it's, uh, it's interesting because he feels like he should be the leader. It seems like, but he's not very good at it at all. Well, it's also interesting because if you think about it in the first season, they were driven apart by tragedy, by the death of Ben. Right. And then brought back together by Reginald Hargreaves death. So they were sort of forced back together and to use improv terms, a lot of the Ooh, first boy. season. Ooh, okay, yeah, leaning in. So you perk it up there. Uh, but it, a lot of the first season was very no but, right? Where they were like, 
hey, we should really deal this thing. No, but I want to get out of here. And then they would leave. Here, it uh, does feel it, much more and just yes just real quick lexicon yes. check. No, but. Like, all improvisers have no ass. They're just, like, very flat ass. <laughs> so that's where the term no well, butt comes that's, from. Yeah, that's an inside, uh, you know. A little inside baseball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, my suggestion is football. Uh, what? Oh. Uh, <laughs> yes, and I love football. Yeah, nice job. Zelda did it, bro. Thank it you. happened. Man, uh, five classes, $1,500. Pete, it finally paid off. Thank you. Worth Teach. it. Worth yeah. it. Pogo P strikes again. Uh, <laughs> improv funk. So but, to be uh, serious about it, I think what yeah. Alex was saying is yes and is the improv philosophy where you, anytime anyone says something like Pete said football, you agree with it and drive it forward and, yeah, and heighten it and all that. It, yeah. And in the first season, the show always like was rejecting every, everyone would show up and be like, no, uh, but I want to go do this other thing. So there was no agreement. And this season, in this episode specifically, um, there's a lot of agreement. Yeah, yeah, which I really liked. I mean, even when they're fighting, it's funnier. The dialogue is smarter and just uh, crisper, just quicker across the board, uh, whether that's because of the running length or not. But uh, everybody kind of, again, like get back to the improv at all. They just add to each other, particularly discussion about, uh, I don't remember, is it five says, has anyone done anything to screw up the timeline? Yeah. And then there's and this pause and everybody just starts calling each other out and yep, it just builds yep, and builds yeah. and builds. Very funny and very, very funny. fun, but it's not angry. It's not, it's no. more like you were saying, this family dynamic of these siblings being like, well, but he did that yeah, and she yeah. did that. My thing isn't bad. His thing is bad. His thing is worse. Yeah. Well, they're all fucking up. And like the end of the oh, episode, yeah. as you said, Alex, like literally they're all going and causing another problem for the time stream. <laughs> like Allison <laughs> telling her husband about uh, her powers, um, the uh, Klaus going back with his cult, them going to meet Hargreaves. Like it's all Actively bad for the time stream. Yeah. Uh, let, let's jump back to the beginning now. Talk about Pogo. Pogo Finally. Pete, take it away. Well, I, I really like how, because uh, the show really thinks about its creativity. They think about how they're going to present the logo, which is fun. But also they're thinking about how they're putting up their kind of like time cards, their kind of title cards. And the fact that like we saw 1962 from the point of view of this crate, like as uh, Pogo's looking out the crate, I thought that was so cool and creative. Um, and then kind of like the opening the box. And then you see um, mom, you see their mom. And like, I was like, oh, that's how that all kind of ties in. And I was very excited because I was hoping for some like mom and Pogo adventures and like, you know, got cut short. But Pogo has a career as an astronaut. And that was uh, yeah. technically, real fun, I guess, real fun to see. You know, and then the creepy professor dad shows up with the old syringe. Yeah, that gives him a personality, sort of. Well, he kind of does a reverse Luther, right? Like Luther got very hurt going out on a mission, and then he got monkey DNA put into him, or whatever Hargreaves was doing. But yeah. though it isn't specifically explained, it seems like the opposite is happening with Pogo, right? That he's getting some sort of infusion of human something. Yeah. So that's how when we meet him, he's able to talk. He acts more like a human. Um, why do you think but this is important wait, wait, to well, see? That's what? interesting. That just kind of blew my line a little bit. Do you think like Hargreaves uh, like injected Luther into Pogo and then later Pogo into Luther? Well, Luther wasn't. 
born yet, I don't think, right. for, to go into oh, pogo. Okay. But I do think it's a very scientifically sound thing to be like, oh, monkey hurt, make human. Human hurt, make, <laughs> make monkey. monkey. Yeah. <laughs> very scientific. By the way, I'm very excited about the work that you're doing on the coronavirus vaccine. Justin. <laughs> 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 I, we're, we're having a lot of promising things. Um, but watch out, banana stock's going to go flop way oh, up yeah, because <laughs> wait, human hurt, make monkey. Uh, but why do you think this is important to see now, particularly given the fact that they don't follow up on Pogo at any point during the episode or mom and only briefly on Reginald Hargreaves? Here's why I think it's important for the episode. Um, first off, it's a fun montage. It's cute. It's yep. super interesting. Great. But I think the lesson here of this scene was Pogo is Hargreaves' true son. And the rest of the family are just a project he's working on. Mm. So that's why he doesn't really care for them in the same way that he he's clearly fathering Pogo at the end of this montage, reading him a story. They have drawings together. They're a true family, while the Umbrella Academy are have never been a family. It's just like a series of experiments, basically. Uh, I I would like to say I think he's in there because Pogo almost had his Viking funeral, you know, coming down the spaceship on fire. And I think that's mm-hmm. why we got to see that a little bit. Um but I just wondering, like, when you guys have kids now, do you have people coming up to you just telling you how much they hate kids, like Hargreaves uh, did here? I thought that was so crazy. The way he's like, "I hate children." I mean, people do that a little bit. Oh, yeah. man. Are you looking to the side, because, Justin? Because your kids are right there. Yeah, my kids are right. There. <laughs> <laughs> Very close. Uh, well, later on, on, I mean, me. to talk about that scene, uh, we find out that Luther did, in fact go to the Umbrella Academy, visited Reginald Hargreaves. They're having a very 60s-style party there. Oh, man. He's chipper. He's entertaining people. Luther smells terribly because he has not showered the entire time since he landed in an alleyway. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Hargreaves basically shuts him down, says, I have no interest in this. That's crazy. I would never do that in a million years. And then you get into one of those timeline loop logic things of, wait, did he end up adopting the Umbrella Academy because... Luther suggested it. Did this break the timeline? What's going on there? I don't think we have the information to figure that out yet. Pete, what did you want to say? The line where Luther was like, but I took a bus was just as, yeah. oh, chef's kiss. That was just fantastic. Very fun. I really, and, and I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I really fell in love with Luther in this episode. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, it makes sense why um, Luther dropped off so much when he landed and like just gave up on everything because he had confronted his father and been told to go screw. And I don't know, like there, it is interesting that Hargreaves has the line, you, you big gorilla showing up here, which I think is either an accident uh, telling the future or it, or Hargreaves is aware of what's happening and is sort of knows that Luther is Luther. I think they're definitely playing the line there, right? Like, it could go either way, and certainly, I know I've seen the rest of the episode, but certainly we could find out what's going on there in either direction, but um, they do a good job of that. Like, you never know what his motivations are or what game he's playing, if any game, Uh, and that's a nice place to put him. Uh, Back on the Luther thing, like you were saying, I love sad sack Luther. I did not yeah. like Luther in the first season. Second season, just making him as sad as possible. His enormous tray of eggs, his pad of eggs that he's making oh, is so yeah. funny and him just sitting there and shoving them to his mouth. Um, yeah. Everything that he's doing, uh, Tom Hooper, I think is the actor uh, is doing this season is just so funny in every frame. And it's great. 
Plus, he That'd went be- back to the barbecue spot, which was glorious, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, you got a sharp eye when it comes to seeing barbecue on television, Pete. Oh, man. Yeah. Nothing it's like some like Q. You can see nothing like some Q. Whether TV it's barbecue or a lack of tacos, Pogo Pete's on it. <laughs> uh, I want to I talk about Lila a little bit because some big stuff happens with her yeah. in this episode. Uh, we kick it off with the fallout of the fight where she protected five and left Diego to die. It seems like they've kind of okay. broken up this episode. Uh, but by episode's end, uh, not only have they tricked the Swedes into dying, uh, Lila and her mom, the handler, uh, but there's a big fight with five uh, and... Five beats her, potentially. Um, what do you think yeah. about this whole arc? What do you think about the character now? Justin, I know you were, I think, a little conflicted when we talked the last episode. Well, I just want Diego to have a win. And it's hard to tell. It could still go where she actually has feelings for him, but it's not looking good. And I did like at the beginning of the episode where Diego sort of sniffs it out and is like, hey, I noticed you didn't give a fuck about me in that fight. Yeah. And she's like, well, he's a child. And he's like, mm, suspect. And uh, I hope that continues, but I feel like Diego's going to end up maybe not sacrificing himself for her, but somehow doing something stupid because that's his whole thing is he does stupid things um, for the the affections of women, whether it's a girlfriend or his uh, robot mom. Yeah, I think like uh, just the way this kind of like all kicks off where uh, number five is like, I'm starting to think dad is avoiding us. That was a real fun line. And then she goes right after, he goes right after Lila, like, who are you? Why are you here? You know, yeah. And then Digo was like, yeah, I noticed that too. Seems real suspect. And uh, they all kind of like walked away, which was very interesting. But I really liked how she was just like, so I can handle myself. That doesn't mean I'm the bad guy here. You know what I mean? And it's true. Like, Lila is really giving Diego not that, like, sure, she's protecting number five, but she's also going out of her way to help him, too. And, like, I kind of was a little disappointed in Diego kind of, like, walked away. Like, I know he's suspect, but, like, she's also looking out for him, and that's also obvious. So I hope, and he kind of confesses later on the episode that he's into her, so I really hope that works out. It's also confusing where the handlers sort of, what her plan is like she doesn't seem mm-hmm. she wants revenge on five it seems like but she's killed a swede um which you know you can never take lightly yeah and she's always like making stuff and it's like always interesting to be yeah, she like she seems busy yeah, yeah like when is that gonna cash in yeah uh, yeah, her plans are not clear it definitely feels like she's kind of flailing everywhere at this point of the season um Perhaps it coalesces at some point, but uh, right now that's certainly where she's at. Um, what do you think about the Lila Five fight? Because personally, I feel like Five has been in this very uh, straight man going through, listen to me, apocalypse, blipping in and out role, and we haven't seen a lot from him. So I enjoyed this fight because we finally got to see Five cut loose. Uh, what were your takes? Yeah, I agree. Like he is, you know, he's a, I think, a 58 year old man. Mm-hmm. who spent his whole life as an, an assassin. Um, so he still has those skills. Everyone is trying to take care of him because he looks like a kid, but he's a tiny badass. Yeah, I really liked the fight. I thought, like, at first it was real close, and then kind of, like, five uh, got the upper hand at the end was cool. And there's nothing like, you know, stepping on somebody's neck. That's a great feeling. So I'm glad number five got that a little bit. He got to have that fun. 
Yeah. What about, uh, let's move over to talk about Vanya and her storyline. I know we touched on it a little bit, but uh, the whole idea that she gets back home, Sissy is super awkward because Carl is back, even though they've spent a night together. Um, There's this great moment that I thought uh, I really liked a lot where Vanya is just getting angrier and angrier, starting to lose control of her powers again. Oh my God. The windows crack, but Harlan lightly touches her hand and calms her down, which is a real reversal there, obviously. Um, And then by the end, it seems like Vanya has given up on Sissy uh, and Sissy has gone back to what is safe for her. Um, uh, What were your feelings about the storyline? Where do you think it's potentially going next? Well, I mean, Carl had a big day in the, uh, I want to say, big sale finally, you know, faucet selling business. Mm -hmm. Um, Showers and accessories, I think it was. Shower heads. Shower, shower heads. That's what it is, which is a faucet for your whole body. Okay, sure. Right? That's how you think of it. I mean, I don't like to look at it or think about that, but sure. I always say, hey, time to hit the faucet. Yeah, time to hit the upstairs faucet, the faucet (laughs) I can crawl underneath, because I'm just a stack of vegetables getting clean in the shower. Oh, that's gross. You think that's your mind? When you're taking a shower, do you stand in a sieve as well so that the dirt goes out? Exactly. Dirt goes out, but I stay, I don't go down the drain. (laughs) Exactly. I don't want to fall down the drain. Of course. You guys have giant showers where you can mess around with the sand. Very large sieves. Hard to get a sieve. Big sieve. Yeah, but it's a sieve, a sieve's just a bowl with holes in it. Oh yeah. my God. A sieve's just a bad bowl. Yeah. Search eats. for a search for human sieve on Bed Bath and Beyond, and there's a couple of good options that come up. Oh wow, that's nice. Wow, really? football football yeah. reference. <laughs> Alex coming in with a deep callback, second beat. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Hashtag improv. Uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> Sissy. I don't know. We uh, got far away from that fast. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah that took a. Uh, we strayed similar to how Sissy strayed from her husband, uh, though she is heading back to him. Do you think there's hope for this relationship going forward? Well, that's no. what, I was sort of bummed out by this because it was too hard of a turn for like why, and it wasn't really clear why Sissy turned. Just because Carl shows up when all in the past she's been sort of like hating Carl and avoiding him and not uh, going along with him. And in this episode, she's suddenly like, fuck this. We had our thing. I mean, maybe it just goes to like, she was never serious about being with Vanya at all. But I think the previous episodes have told us that she was. So it's a little confusing. What was tough is she was kind of like, this is a bad time. And we didn't get to hear her side of the story of like, what, why I think she was just trying to do, what she thinks is right or what society is deemed is okay for her. I, she maybe felt brave in the morning or she called it like, Oh, that's just morning talk, uh, which was heartbreaking. But I, I think it, it was just one of those things where she, this is what she wanted, but I feel like she didn't like believe in it enough to really sacrifice everything. But I wanted to go back to like during when, uh, Harlan is playing doctor, uh, Vanya rips the little thing that breaks the window is the little piece that's making the buzzing noise. Like he's Mm -hmm. sticking the forceps in there and she like grabs the forceps and throws them out, out the window using her power. Mm -hmm. So like he's calming her down, but he's also like, you know, like, okay, that was my bad. I was kind of annoying you kind of sorry (laughs) move, you know? Well, and now, I mean, a piece of her power went into him. So maybe that explains why he's sort of acting a little bit like her. In, in the more connected, like, for sure. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Um, not sure what that means, but it's interesting if Vanya cuts ties with Sissy, how will her and Harlan retain their connection? Yeah. yeah. Uh, not to jump back to the Carl of it all, but I think he... He is the problem with the storyline. And when I say problem, that's a little strong. Uh, but I think they've made a more realistic decision with him, which is that he's just fine. Like, he's not hes not a bad guy. He's not a good guy. He's just sort of a boring guy. Um, there's nothing terrible about him. Like, he gets a little drunk, but he's not... It's not dramatically interesting because it's not that I'd want to see this, but like he's not abusive. He's not a monster. He's just a regular guy. So the reason I say that's more a realistic decision is because, yes, in the real world, Sissy staying with Carl in the 60s, uh, even though she is gay, makes a lot of sense. Like she would not leave him suddenly. But in terms of watching a TV show and dramatically, it feels like you're choosing this fine option where so far, based on everything we know with Carl, if Sissy was like, hey, I'm going to leave, he'd be like, <sighs> okay. You know, that that feels like the reaction there. There doesn't feel like there is a lot of danger, a lot for Sissy to give up if she leaves Carl versus a more dramatic storyline, which would probably be too soap opera, is him being like, a big beefy guy who is abusive and is a monster and she's got to get away from him. And that's why she veers towards Vanya. Um, I like the, the problem here I think is it works better on the side of Vanya and Sissy and that relationship. But once you bring Carl into the equation, it falls a large part a little bit in terms of the drama. Yeah. Well, it's also like uh, upsetting that Sissy completely forgets that she's been miserable forever. And she talks like she had this whole monologue about like, my life is awful and I'm barely hanging on and they could be happy together. And all of a sudden she just doesn't want to do that because the society's bullshit. And it's just like, I don't know. It's just kind of disappointing. Uh, like all of a sudden sissy was like this kind of great character. This could go uh, different places. And then she got too scared about it. So it was kind of tough to watch. Now, do you think that their relationship would come back if Vanya came home with some big showerhead news? Yeah. Well, that's, I think you're right. I mean, realistically, we're forgetting about showerhead news and how exciting Mm -hmm. that is. And when you're around that, like how you get wrapped up in it and don't want to live anywhere else. Exactly. Like maybe she's just sweating that showerhead cache you can't, and she's like, can't help uh, it. yeah, I mean, shower heads are like inside rain. That's what I call them. Um, so it's really cool that, <laughs> that uh, he, I agree with that. Yeah. I agree. Oh, with. good. Okay. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, upstairs faucet nonsense inside rain. Good gold. Yeah. That happens to me every time. Every time I turn the shower on, I start screaming for my wife and tell her that it's raining inside. And she has to remind <laughs> me it's just uh, to, to grab the sieve and go to town, you know? Alex, give me the umbrella. You're meant to take a shower. You're supposed to get wet. Okay. I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, That's what I always say to my life. I don't know, man. (laughs) It's my catchphrase. Uh, Who else should we talk about? Uh, We could probably talk about that fun dance sequence that we touched on earlier. Just great stuff. Twist in the night away. Yeah, Vanya. Just a fun scene in the hair salon. Like you were saying, I think Klaus really is the linchpin there and not that Ellen Page or Emmy Raver Lambin are, <coughs> excuse me, bad by any means. But Robert Sheehan's energy that he brings to the scene. Sorry, I think they uh, got very bad at me and they just hexed me. Uh, yeah, don't die. So hard. 
No, Robert Sheehan's energy just like really brings that scene together. And it feels like it's a Klaus scene that they're feeding off of in a really fun way. Yeah, and I like that there's a great line that um, Klaus had, I think, that the best relationship in the Umbrella Academy is five and his mannequin. Yeah, yeah, that was hysterical. That whole speech where he's like, we're all horrible relationships, you know, and like, oh, man. Uh, But I'm, I'm for the first time ever, I'm mad at Klaus. That really? his excluding Ben uh, in this episode was just heartbreaking. And then Ben being like sitting there in the circle, like going, I've missed all you guys. And the fact that Klaus is purposely excluding him for that, because Ben had that hilarious line uh, when Klaus's storyline starts of like, how many rock bottoms did you want to hit? You know, and yeah. that was hysterical. And then to get him back from that, Klaus has been just kind of like really shunning him. And uh, when number five asked if he was there and he said, no, he can't time travel. I, I was just heartbroken. I-, I was like, come on, Klaus, you're better than this. Well, maybe Klaus is trying to encourage Ben's like stand up uh, comedy career mm-hmm. since he's so he's zinging him with the uh, rock bottoms. Maybe it's like, hey, go be the ghost Seinfeld. Go be the ghost Dave Chappelle. Wow. Great references. <laughs> uh, before we start to wrap up here, though, uh, anything else you want to touch on? We, we talked about the Swedes a little bit. Uh, fun action sequence with them in the woods. Yeah. Loved the Hello Swedish cover. That was Very good. one of my favorite uh, music cues the show has ever done. I thought that was so much fun. Um, any other notes you want to mention? Yes, Pete. Yeah, so I want to talk a little bit about the Diego and Luther kind of walking down the street and the way Diego kind of mm. sums up his father. It's like, he's an asshole. I'm awesome. Like, really funny stuff. And then when Luther comes out, it's like, well, why can't you let JFK go? And the whole thing. Uh, and then they get handed, you know, because Diego's like, we're on the right path. And he's like, what do you mean? And then they get handed the envelope. And then Luther's line of like, a light supper. Like, that was just hysterical. Very Like, the back and forth between Luther and Diego is really magical. Um, Yeah, and, like, I I don't know. I was really impressed with this episode as a whole. Like, there was a lot of really great small moments. Um, I I was just really impressed with it. Um, And uh, I also really liked how we got, like, a lot more number five kind of explaining his thoughts and concerns and like even gave Hazel a shout out, like Hazel died for this information. Um, yeah. For a second, I was like, who's Hazel? Oh man. <laughs> and I feel like that was the vibe in the room. It's like, so what? We're not, that's over, dude. Yeah. Like chill Vanya <laughs> is a lot of fun. And like Allison digging Diego with that little, hi, Allison, you know, like that was just I, when they're together and kind of like uh, being able to be brother and sister, it's really magical. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there are two major issues that we haven't touched on yet. Number one, what's up with the rat cats? All the cats in this episode are disgusting. Okay, Wait, what? Oh, yeah, the Wait, Swedes cat? rat cats. Yeah, the oh, Swedes yeah. rat cats. Like, yeah. what's up? Is that okay. a Swedish thing or a Texas thing or a 60s thing? Uh, no, no, no. It's a Swedish thing. Have you ever been to Ikea? It's just full of disgusting cats. Oh, wow. Yeah, I guess it's a, yet another reason not to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, secondly, um, they're eating some jello here. Yeah, what is that? Oh, yeah. That was ambrosia, like some gross. right? 
Yeah, ambrosia, which a very popular dish where I'm from in upstate New York. I have family picnics when we used to have those. Someone inevitably would bring ambrosia, oh. which is jello with whipped cream on it, essentially. And like and chunks some other of fruit, tapio. right? Yeah, there's pineapple in there. That's gross, man. Yeah, that does look I, gross. Well, you know what's gross, especially, is jello. And we touch on it a little bit here. Jello is not gross. It's made of bones. <laughs> they take bones and animal hides and that it boil it down and they're like, let's make this into a snack? Who thought of that? <laughs> this would be good if Who, it was lime flavored. Exactly. Whose idea was this? Let's make this green and give it to kids? You're feeding kids bones. Here's what yeah, I bet happened, are. right? They were making a delicious uh, lime bone broth and then they left it out too long and it turned into jello. And they were like, ah, huh, we should put some fruit floating in this. What do you think? I, yeah, I, that's what I've, uh, were they, because I guess Jello is a thing where they like, oh, this jiggles, we should give this to kids? Or are they like, we got to feed these kids bones somehow. Let's make it Jello. That does remind me that I have uh, packets of orange Jello that have been sitting in my cabinet for, I want to say, conservatively 10 years at this point. I should probably <laughs> make some today. Nice. Those old bones, old bones will last forever. <laughs> oh, these old bones. But let me jiggle, tell you, jiggle, let jiggle. me ask you, as an adult, do you eat Jello? Like if you were at somewhere and it's a Jello, not Jello shots. Obviously, we'll take a Jello shot. Sure. Um, but would you eat Jello? Just like, oh, here's some Jello. I prefer pudding. Yes, of course. You're a normal human, so of course you prefer pudding. Uh, sure. No, Jello's fantastic, man. But pudding's made from eyeballs. Did you know that? <laughs> That's where the expression "use every part of the Jello" comes from. <laughs> yeah. So wait, Pete, you like Jello? Yeah. What, tell me in what capacity or what flavor? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, if you got some red Jello, that's going to be some good time. Like uh, if someone was like, "Hey, I'm in the hospital," you'd be like, "Save me the Jello." Hell yeah! I would be like, "Yo, if you don't want that Jello, I'll eat it." No yeah. doubt about it. Pete, would but you go I'm, into the hospital slowly and just hold the pillow over to their mouth and then take the jello <laughs> when it was all done? This is my jello. I, I haven't hit that rock bottom yet, but you know, I'll keep you yeah. posted. Would How many you rock hold the pillow over them, take their jello, and then turn their bones into jello? <laughs> See? That's, that's using the, the whole that's right using the whole that's buffalo. The <laughs> but I think uh Justin, the other thing you wanted to talk about is the power of tacos. Like pa- tacos can you know, like stop people in their tracks, make they them don't even like, be like, get tacos. Hey, what's that? They, they don't even get tacos. But let me tell you this. What a great confluence of two things. A friend of mine, they're over where um, I used to live in uh, like downtown Brooklyn, Carroll Gardens area. Right. There was a Taco Bell in the hospital. And one of my roommates would go to the hospital and get the Taco Bell. Wow. And I was like, oh, man, was like, that's disgusting. That's brave. <laughs> that's bravery. And that's, that's a love brave. of Taco Bell. There's I can't tell you, if I was in the hospital, I can't think of anything I would want less than Taco Bell. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> yeah, God, yeah. I know. <laughs> I don't know, but the Long Island College Hospital, um, a hospital sure. that has since been shut down because it was very bad, um, had a Taco Bell in it. It was, yeah, it was the it only was Taco a, Bell in the area. It was a combination uh, Pizza Hut Taco Bell hospital, right? <laughs> oh yeah, my exactly. God. I'm and at most the Pizza Hut. <laughs> The most hospital. professional people there were the Pizza Hut employees, let me be honest. Oh. Yes. That's, uh, I went there and they actually removed one of my moles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I went to, uh, I was getting um, a shot and it turned out to be a sour cream from the Taco Bell. <laughs> oh, man. Very unhealthy. Oh, man. But really taste your major uh, bones. Yeah, I thought this plot. was. 
Yeah. I thought this was a great app, and the Viking funeral was legit. I, I was wondering, you know, do you guys want when you die, you want a Viking funeral, or what? What are you thinking? Uh, no, I'd love a Swedish funeral where they turn you into little meatballs, put some gravy on you, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> serve you to your friends, good. super cheap. Nice. Um, as I've stated in my will, I'm going to be stuffed and placed behind Pete for the rest of uh, his <laughs> natural life when I die. <laughs> so creepy. I'm going to uh, use whatever savings I have to hire a sort of a monkey butler to move me <laughs> wherever you go, Pete, just a couple feet behind <laughs> Before we wrap up here, who got top marks this episode? Pete, why don't you get off? Uh, who are you giving top marks to? This is tough. Um... I really liked Luther in this episode, but Diego, uh, I'm gonna edged him out. And since I'm not happy with Klaus and his treatment of Ben, I'm gonna go with Diego. Uh, the whole him kind of being like, no, no, Vanya. The last time I was with Vanya, she was choking the life out of me. That was hysterical. And uh, Diego's like kind of line with Luther won me over. So yeah, I'm saying Diego, Justin. I got to give it up for Klaus. Sorry to take your answer, Alex, but he is, he's the pectin that holds this team together. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I love him. He's very funny. And he, uh, I am concerned he's going to be the one that uh, is disrupting the time stream. Quick theory. I think they're all, no one's to blame. They're all fucking it up. That's my mm-hmm. theory. Yeah. Um, yeah, that definitely seems fair. Uh, man, I was going to pick Klaus, uh, but instead I think I'll go for Adele or whoever did the Swedish cover mm. of Hello. Love wow. it. Obsessed with it. Stuck in my head. I don't know the Swedish lyrics, but uh, it's just going round and round since I watched that episode. Uh, so there you go. But otherwise, Klaus, uh, just that a hair salon scene is such a delight to watch. So much fun. Uh, and such a great character. And like you said, I'm worried about what's going to happen and whether he's actually going to be able to break up with his cult or not, because it certainly seems like he's enjoying the adoration at the end of the episode. And folks, yeah. that's it. If you'd like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out, chat with us about Umbrella Academy. Socially at Podcademy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. Uh, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Uh, hey, from all of us here at Crazy Glue and the Tip, uh, <laughs> <laughs> go listen to some Upstairs Rain and just have a vibe out. 